0: Welcome to Do A Blessing, CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we say let your name be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name we are prayed. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. We bless God for what God has done and we thank him for where he's taking us to. Amen. Amen. Let's have a, so The last two weeks. We were, um, we, we started different dimensions of things where we we're talking about the kingdom of God and how it starts off with the seed, and how it's you know, and one thing which was which I I want us to take note of why you know God shares things because. He has an intention to lay emphasis on Saturday days. It was interesting that even before the service, um, or sorry, before the service really started, or maybe at the beginning of the service, um, there was a revelation, or some so, uh, a revelation of of of, of that there were small plants. You know, plants are in small plants beside uh, the altar, and at a time. At the time, God was distributing that plant to each person. And later on, that plant was taken up from where people were sitting and was, was now was gradually becoming a tree. And so when the salmon went after that direction, it was clear what was in the mind of God. And basically what God is saying is that it is, it is your responsibility to make sure that you nurture the life of God in you. It is your responsibility to make sure that you nurture the kingdom of God growing inside of you. And that you know, and as God begins to take us through each process at each time, um, you know, we have we, are, we, are, we believe that you know God would God would, you know, it, but it's just important that in every aspect, in your personal life. In your, in your in your communication with people when I do communication with career and things like that, it's, it's important that we be we, we lay emphasis on growing more and more like Jesus. God, God, grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. One thing as we also go, is that was it two or three weeks ago that God was saying that no, I want to, I want you to talk, teach on the cross because I want it to be a part of our basis of of prayers especially that people will be doing as they go on. And God was said that, you know, I know you've taught on 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 the cross, but I need you to do the teachings again. And I will begin to explain. So those kind of statements amaze me. I know it's I was talking to someone say, you know, it's kind of interesting how God is going to want to launch a particular type of of something that intends to do and he will want the world to go ahead of it. You will want the world to go ahead of it, because when we begin, we are looking at the events on the cross, the events on the cross, and you know when you begin to see from Genesis, you know the devil was the devil understood the devil understood what was going on, because when 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 the cross was placed on the serpent, God said to the woman, He said, "Your seed shall crush the head of the serpent." So all the devil needed to look carefully is which seed would come That is why at every turn in the life of Israel, because as God raised up Abraham, he knew that, okay, this, is, this man got the blessing. And as a result, you would begin to see that was battle over Isaac. Because the devil was, the devil was keeping track of which seed would come when the deliverer arose again with Moses, you will see that each time, most of the time in scriptures, when a special, somebody who is who God intends to be a deliverer of any kind, you would see that what will proceed or what will accompany that, 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 that is going to be mass slaughter of people. Because in that context, the devil is trying to check and say, you know, which one? Because it cannot identify any particular child. And it begins with, okay, you know, let the, that's why when Moses was born, that was loss, Because that was going to break the bringing out of Israel into, into, into another part. When the child that was God told Abraham that, you know, your shall become, that what is Before Isaac came, Ishmael came, when that was him, there was battle. Because the target was exactly which particular child. And when Jesus was born, one of the things that Ever did was that he called for slaughter of, of, of children, and they began to kill them all. Why? Because he was after, the devil was after that particular seed. And as soon as, you know, it became obvious it was Christ, as soon as that process ended, um, you know, you can talk about different particular things of the attempt on Jesus' lives. You know, there was a time when the Bible says he, he sneaked away. They wanted to stone him, and because because there was, people the was also happy for him to die at any time, but to not de- die the death that would mean that would be, you know, Jesus could have died at any time. There was a time when they wanted to kill him. When they wanted to stone him, he would have died. There was a time when. Um, even even on the on the journey to cover, you need to have a little glimpse of what happened when you watch the passion of Christ. It doesn't depict totally what it is, but to to an extent. So what I'm trying, what we are looking at is that you know. So there has been this journey. So you know, after that has happened, the Bible says that if the devil had known, he would not have made them to kill Jesus in that way. That's what the scripture says. So, but now what the devil will do, you know, the the, the end of everything now is to play a game of ignorance and obscure the mind of people away from it or probably just think that it is just an event that happened and, you know, it was one of those lovely things that happened that Jesus did. And that is when you begin to see that the battle towards the end of the, of the of the Bible, as you read even through the um, the, the epistles, not the gospel, the epistles, you begin to see Paul begin to rain curses on people who teach something contrary to the gospel, because that the new dimension began to be that you begin to obscure the gospel, you begin to obscure the death of Christ. That is why the Bible will say that you go to a point as John that was saying he said if anybody says that Jesus did not come in the flesh. And, and died on the cross, then that, that is the spirit of the Antichrist. Paul will say that if anybody comes and teaches a gospel that is contrary to let that person be accosted. Because he was so, they, they understood that is the central point. That is the central point. And you will begin to see that, that Jesus would lay emphasis See, if you read the gospels, you will see that the cost that Jesus, the greatest cost that Jesus packaged and delivered was upon the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Why? Because they were the teachers. It wasn't Jesus wasn't they were the teachers because if people did not know, then they are they you are basically responsible for their life. That's what he's saying. That is why which time he saw the teachers, it would always cost them. Because they knew they had access to the laws, but they did not teach. That is why when you see the apostles, so I'm going through a couple of scriptures. When you see the apostles in I think Acts chapter 5, when the apostles were going to say that when we were talking about food and dessert, Peter said, We would rather focus on teaching the word and prayer. Let everything you can do any other thing you want to do. And it's just interesting how the body of Christ has moved away from, you know, when you have somebody, you know, um, somebody comes and relocates into a country or, or things like that, you know, and you say, you know, which church are you going to, which church do you want to go to? Oh, you know, ah, this church and things like that. There is no you, when you ask them, the last thing or second to the last thing that they are thinking about is the teaching of the church. You know, someone say, Ah yeah, hey, there's good daycare. Oh, there's good the music it sounds good. There is nothing about teaching. Whereas, when Jesus enters a church, the first thing he would always attack is the opposite. because that would determine a lot of things. That would determine a lot of things. So, when we begin to look at Second Peter chapter one verse three, the Bible says that now this is what God has given us. I will be looking around this kind of subject. The Bible says His divine power has given us. So he has given us that means you have everything has been given. We need for a godly life. Now, how is it delivered? It is delivered through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and his goodness. It is delivered through. He said, "He has given us everything that we need for a good, sorry, a godly life." True. So that means that it's as if you can have, um, you can have a tank of water. If the tap by which you are receiving that water is very tiny, it doesn't matter. You were already giving. The water, but the way by which you drink it is through the knowledge of Him. Is through the knowledge of Him, you know. And I had, I had a, a, a picture here that that you know I was you know you have a big cake here. you can you can have a big slice you can even hit the whole cake but the little that you what your knowledge is is based on the size of your spoon so you begin to see why jesus will always cause the teachers amen Hebrews chapter 10, I'm just going to have this, I've quite, uh, scriptures, but we'll just read it So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 to 22. It says that, for by one sacrifice, he had made perfect forever. So, God had made a one sacrifice, and that sacrifice is already complete. It is perfect. But look at the, the following sentence, the following part of that sentence. He said, those who are being made perfect or made holy, that means that if there is a process, even though you have everything already delivered, there is a process of, an ongoing process of receiving that which has already been delivered. That's why you see Paul say my my race is to lay hands on that which Christ has already laid down hands you know for me, and you begin to say the Bible will say that the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this, so that means the Holy Spirit will always point you back to the perfect work that Christ did. The Bible says. Um, this covenant I will make with them after this time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them. I uh, will write. He says their sins and lawlessness after I will remember no more. He said, um, for they have been forgiven, for 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 these have been forgiven. The sacrifice of sins is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have this confidence. To enter the most holy place. That means, in when you understand that particular sacrifice, it leads to your confidence to enter the presence of God. You cannot be. Somebody said something. There is difference between bold face and confidence in things of the spirit. Children of Athias. That thetors away with that they cast a demon they were bold <laughs> but the devil dealt properly with them because your boldness is not based on anything. it is based on you know I, I know I, I know what I know you don't, the devil knows. So by the time it begins to deal deal with the situation you discover that the problem is that the level what, it, what that confidence is based on. That's why the Bible says the Holy Spirit is testifying about this to us. About this to us. He says, therefore, but I having the confidence to enter by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, in a new way, and this is in the verse 22 says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that the faith, that that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed from the guilt of conscience, having the blood washed with pure water. Amen. Hallelujah. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Because these, these things are quite, let's go to Job 33. Job 33. He says that, now, you know, I will have, um, I know that this is there, and I've So that their body now is giving a description. It said so that their body finds food repulsive, and their souls look to, to the choices. Me said their flesh is wastes away to nothing, and their bones are once hidden now stricken out. They draw near to the pits, and their life to uh, and their life to the messenger of death. Let's go on, please. Let's see what changes the story. Yet, if there be an angel on their side, a messenger, if you read the King James version, the King James version will call this messenger an interpreter. So, if there is somebody that would interpret to them, he said, he said, he said, a messenger, one out of a thousand sent to tell them how to be upright and it shall be gracious to that person says the Lord spear them from going down to the pit I have found a ransom I have found a ransom Then now went to verse 25 it said let their flesh be renewed like a child and let their be restored but if you look at the two What changed that thing is because there is a ransom that has been found on behalf of that person. But there is somebody also that is expected to teach, explain. I'm not talking, it's not, please, I'm not talking, I'm just talking about the body of Christ generally. Why it is important that the teachings of the cross is explained. Is explained. You know, I was speaking to a servant of God yesterday. We were having a chat. And there was this person is a prophet and there was this um, he's, he's he's quite young and God, you know God gave him an Urioki, I don't know if you know, like a mountain area that God just said, go there and clear the place and start praying. And now the place has almost turned to you. There's so many people coming down there. And things have to go and pray and things like that. So we were just saying that there was this person that's been coming around. He's been teaching them and things like that. And this person is, you know, because those are those that want to grow or know things about the spirits as it were. So she was so she had, he had a couple of people around there who they do things together and things like that so you know so i think one day they were doing a service so we, we, they had some you children came, came around and when they came around they were like you know so they were like so they were talking to that girl that you know ah, how many years have you been here uh a year plus three years ah, and you're still talking you cannot see that you cannot you know. <laughs> This thing is not, I think that so the girl began to, so later the girl began to his behavior, you know, all this teaching, because he's very passionate on so many. So it was like, you know, all this, uh, you know. So we cut the long story short. The girl attended a couple of revivals with people and things like that, and she began to interpret, she began to speak in tongues, but, you know. The tongues went to, from zero to, and things like that. And she was like, ah, you know, okay, you know. I think that, you know, this this thing is that easy, and x, y, z, and things like that. So eventually what happened? She came to, she went for another program, I think a year later or so. She went for another program and things like that. And I think she messed up. Mm -hmm. Uh, When she goes back on the open, she messed up. Basically, you pass the band, and somebody chose to discipline her. And Berser said, you know, ah, as I can hear your tongues, this is the angel you're using. That angel entered you at this time, at this time, at this time, and you're that angel now. And that was it. Oh. <laughs> that was it, which so is back to That's oh. <laughs> one. Oh, my god. So she laughed that is what am I going to do now? Teach our scriptures. <laughs> you know, let us start from where, where the you know, all these spiritual things that you know. You know, those things are there. If you go out <laughs> they will give you you know, you would speak it up now. But that angel is controlled by it's not controlled by God, it's controlled by them. So they know when the angel came and what the angel is, you know, things like that. So I was just saying to you, I said, you, know, one of the challenges I'm having is that you know you he is he's very more inclined spiritual things than I do. I said to him, I said, one of the challenges now is that the, the problem is that when you speak prophecy and somebody else speaks prophecy, they, they will tell people, will say, you know, what is the difference? He said, so he was laughing he said, I said, we know the difference when we, when we see it. I said, yeah, you may know the difference, but the majority of people, that you know, they don't understand what is what. God help us in Jesus' name. So the Bible says there has to be a teacher. Now, as we begin to draw, draw even closer, as we lay the foundation of it, I just want to give you a picture about, about what God means around, around the crucifixion of Christ on the cross. He was a substitution. He was it was it was Christ taking our position. Let's go to Lexicos, please. Lexicos, and we will just the Bible says that if anyone sins, because they do not speak up or, or they hear um, when when they when they hear a public charge to testify regarding something they have seen or learned about, they would be held responsible. If anyone if anyone becomes aware that they are guilty and and if unwittingly touch anything um, ceremonially unclean. Whether cacos and things are things like that. Now, I'm just pointing out a couple of because it is quite lengthy scriptures, and they are aware. Sorry, they're so they and they are unaware that they have become unclean. But when they come to realization, please take note of certain things I want to point out there. When they come to realization, so let's read on. So, he, he, no, let's just read on, please. Um, sorry, he says. Or if they touch an unclean, a, a, a human uncleanness, anything that would make them unclean, even though they were, or even though, even 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 though they were unaware, they would learn. But then they learn of it, and they realize that they are guilty. Please note that God was pointing out before that person comes to heart for forgiveness, they have to realize first that they have done something wrong so he can say to people you know um jesus says think people do not first of all realize that i have missed it in this past? whatever they do is just saying so the bible says here is that and you begin to read it on and on about talking about realizing not realizing and things like this let's just be read, reading i'm pointing i'm coming to a particular thing it says verse six says as a penalty for the sin they have committed. They must bring to the Lord a female lamb or a goat from the flock as a sin offering. The priest shall take it and atone for them, for their sins. Verse 7 says, anyone who cannot afford the lamb is to bring two doves or two pigeons to the Lord as a penalty for their sins. And the Bible says that the, how the priest should deal with it. Let's go on, please. Let's just go on, please. Um, we are now at verse, verse eleven. It says that if anyone cannot afford two dogs and two young, they should bring, and they should, they, they are to bring as an offering for their sin, a tent of an hepar, um of the finest flour for a sin offering. What God is saying is that when it comes to sin, it doesn't matter. He brought it down to the point by which you can afford it. That is how God takes offering. God has made the standard of 2,000 pounds a year. That is not God. He will give everybody an opportunity to give an offering Based on what they can afford, that is what you he saw here. That God was saying, "Okay, if you know, you know that you can afford it, buy the, uh, buy the goods. If you cannot afford it, buy the um, dope. If you cannot afford it, go and take a bowl of flour. At least everybody eats flour. <laughs> you should bring it as an offering." The the what I'm pointing out here are two things. One recognition of guilt. Two is that the sin offering gives room for whosoever the person is. It doesn't matter what part of life you are in. Jesus did not die for the sin offering is not only applicable to those that are spiritual and those who are outside Christ. Oh, sorry, those who are who are who are struggling, they have a special grace than another. That's not scriptures. It sounds nice, but that's the scriptures. That's the way God was dealing, especially with sin, what you have bring. That was the days when Jesus was still getting, you know, collecting a couple of things. Now, as we, as we go on, is that, you know, we, we might, is that as we begin to teach the gospel, especially the cross, the cross offends people. Galatians chapter 5, verse 11. It says that... It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that... If I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I no longer preach salvation through the cross of Christ, no one will be offended. So that means... That the preaching of the cross will will offend you. Just want to get your mind ready. The preaching of the cross will offend you. So we go on to John chapter three. John chapter three. The Bible says. Now, um, sorry, I'll get to all these long scriptures Then we would would. put. The the Bible says that then Jesus came at, then he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, please, I just want to first of all say here, it's interesting that the only name that Jesus took or that talked with Jesus was teacher. One of the, the reason I believe so is that if Jesus had died without teaching people the application of what he did, that death is just for free. So you will see that if he comes not say, Rabbi, we know that you are the teacher who comes from God, for no one could perform such signs, such signs you are doing if they were not from him. Jesus replied, "Very, very, I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again." Let's read it, please. How can someone be born, um, be born when they are already whole, uh, be, be born when they are already good, the neighbor's hearts? Surely he cannot enter, his, um, he cannot enter his second time into his mother's womb. Verse five, he said, and Jesus said, "Very, verily I said to you." No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. I'm saying this because I want to go to the other part of the scriptures. Let's go on to verse 15. Now, Jesus now began to talk about the process of entering the kingdom of God. Then he now said that as Moses lifts up the snake in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. Everyone who believes in him will have eternal life, and I want you to ask yourself are you, are you going to be offended or do you sense some sense of offense from what Jesus is about to say? I' the raise up my hand He said, "For God so loved the world that he gave his holy begotten his, his only son." whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's not where he stopped alone. Let's go on please. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. We love that part. But to save the world through him, whoever believes in him is not condemned. This is the part we don't talk about. But whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already. Because they do not believe in the name of God's own of, of God's own and holy son If you are going to preach the gospel, it's going to offend you. Do you know what that I means? This is Jesus for me. Bible says, if you don't believe in this, there is no other way. If you stand and preach it, people will say, ah, you know, you are so arrogant. It is scripture. The first part is what we read. God does not condemn the world. He has raised the world to, 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 to save the son and to, to save the world. Yes. Scripture, but if you read it true. The response should be: how? See, this is how. Why, if we don't, because we have we have silenced this side of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Do you know the implication? The implication is that I do not share the gospel as a whole. I do not pray for my loved ones who do not Christ. That's that's the implication. If you had that verse 18, if we had that verse 18 to our Bible vocabulary, you will see that your prayer altar will change. But what will happen is that because that verse 18 has been pushed away, you know, you have, I have a friend that I know they are struggling about Christ oh so, no, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. They, they are okay. They are okay. They are okay. They are okay. If I realize that, I will do all I can to make sure that person knows Christ and is established in Christ. So, if I were to go to God is helping us here and we thank God for what God is doing. Or if I were to go to a church where people abuse one another, but that person can find salvation, what do you think I would do? I would say, you know, you you, are ready, you, you better stay here. And do you, do you think that Noah's heart? was Palatima. You think that place looks like there Where you have different kind of animals in the same <laughs> shape. They are going to do number two. <laughs> they are going to understood it Because the alternative is dangerous. Now, when this alternative is not clear to people's mind, you say, no, it doesn't matter. You see, you know, I, I, the, you know the churches generally, people have issues. And I understand you. Do you know that as bad as the synagogue was in those this. Jesus still was going there, was going, <laughs> As bad as he was passing the Pharisees, he was just like, because the alternative. But once you take away that alternative, you are okay, I am okay weeks, having people that I know, I have moved away from Christ, and I'm not doing anything I can. you know what I wanted to talk about? You know, I'm not doing anything like that. That is why you will see some people, once they understand this thing, you they will tell somebody, I'll come and pick you up. Don't worry. You will see some people who would, who would literally get people to, 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 to church. After the church, they go and see that person down, do you understand the song of the day? What do you think about, about, about the gospel? Because they, they realize that scripture is written in the Bible. But once you take that out, then everybody becomes comfortable. Then everybody becomes comfortable. So you begin to see at times how how the devil tries to silence scripture, yes. You believe in Christ, I believe in Christ. But when I think about the salvation, what Christ did on the cross, do I realize that that verse 18 exists? So, what the devil tries to superintend something that is wrong, it's okay, it meets you halfway. See, when you see the devil from Genesis, he never tells you total lies, especially for those who are in the know, he will tell you. Half truth, half life. And that is what he has said. When he was talking to Jesus, he never gave Jesus the entire, he didn't tell Jesus the entire life. It was when he said that they gave me the word, yes, it was true. That's what Jesus did not argue with him. Jesus never argued with him, with the devil, saying what you are saying is a lie. But he knew that he was twisting the truth. He was twisting the truth. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've got now we've gotten a little bit of the offence out of the way. Hallelujah. Amen. But truly when you begin to I think if we, we when we start from there, you begin to appreciate what happened on the cross. What happened on the cross? Because God knew the reason why Jesus came as a human was that there was no way God could have saved humanity without coming in that channel. Why? Because He had said, "It is it's your seed that would that would um, um, take away, the, the, that would that would strike the, the the serpent on the head." And what did the Bible say? He says, "The Bible says that." He says, "What did God say?" He said, "The serpent will do what? Will strike you?" On your on your on your heels, and you will strike him on the head. Let's do a little bit of Bible uh, Q&A. Uh, when you look at the uh, the of the the hammer of God. What is your son? Where, where, you know, if if it's going to be my foot here, then what there is when you look at. Um, the soldiers of the Holy Name. They have a sandal that they put and that covers yeah. their nation. So, what when you read the hammer of God, what is your shoes? The gospel. What is most attacked? The gospel. You can preach any of that. You can preach faith. You can preach all those kind of things. You know, it's okay. The devil doesn't care. But once you begin to preach the gospel the way it is it will come from. you because that is where so that is why you will now you know that is why like i said that's why you know, we can that, that's that's where you begin to see that devil begins to reach out to attack so everybody will be i don't want to, you know i don't want to be like i'm over over you know you know i'm, I'm i don't want to feel like i'm overdoing certain things you know i, I just want to and things so. like that. But what I'm just even within the confines, there's so much that we can do. God help us in Jesus' name, Amen. So let's begin to look at what exchange, You know, they are part of the exchange that we begin to look at. Isaiah chapter fifty-three. Isaiah chapter fifty-three, um, from verse four. He said, "Surely, he took our pain." and above our suffering, yet we, con- yet we considered him punished by God, taken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was pierced for our transgressions. So Jesus was, um, Jesus was punished by God so that I can have, I can have, I can, I can be forgiven. We are doing, this is the practical part we are going to do. Jesus was punished. The was, the punishment that was supposed to come upon me. Jesus was punished so that I can be forgiven. So, Jesus was punished so that I can be forgiven. So, we're going to be doing right and left. Jesus is, forgive, is, is punished so that I can be forgiven. One of the major things that Christ did on cross. As we go back to that, he said that the punishment that brought peace that brought us peace was on him. So Jesus was punished so that the peace of God can be upon him. And you begin to read that as Jesus means, so talking in John chapter 14, Jesus says that my peace, he said, my peace, I live with you. I do, I do not give you the peace that the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Why is my heart not troubled? Because the, it was punished so that I can have God's peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says... That do not be anxious of, of, of anything boy in every situation with prayer and petition and thanksgiving make your, present your request to the Lord and the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, why? because when I begin to re- understand what happened on Calvary I know that he was punished so that I can have my peace. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, therefore, having been made right in the sight of God, we have peace with God because of what Jesus did, because, because of what Jesus our Lord has done for us. So why do I move in confidence or have this peace in my mind? It's not because I am feeling it. See, can I say something? I was watching Oyakirume one day and he asked people a question. He said, when you gave your life to Christ, when you had another call and gave a light to Christ, what happened? Some people were saying, I feel something, I feel something, I feel something. And this, I think all of them were saying that I feel something. I felt some. I felt an inner peace. And I actually said, some of you are like, inner peace, all this feeling could be personal experiences. But it is not mandate in scriptures. It is faith. I believe this. Why? Because there will be times when you don't feel that. There will be no feeling. But you know. That's why the Bible says the peace that surpasses understanding. I am not saying that there are no times you will not have experiences. But please do not live your Christian life on how I feel. Or I can sense God. No, I know God is here. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. He didn't say you will sense it. So there will be times where you may not sense God. Please, I'm not don't get me wrong. What I'm trying to say is that it is important that we first of all get the foundation and the sensing is the cream on the cake. Because you, because at times, because, you know, you know at times you pray about something. the Bible says that, how do I know that God has answered my prayer? The Bible says that if our hearts are calling to his will, he hears us. You will never see most part of scripture where the Bible will teach on that why, because there would be different aspects of Christians that you would not necessarily feel. In fact, you can, I don't know if, if it happens to you. At times, I can pray and fast about certain things. That is when I will see that the battle will be high in my dream. You will see that something has happened. And I will, you know, you can go back again and fast. And at times, God will allow something for you to see because he's still saying to you, no, you ha- there has to be a point where you will not walk. That's why Jesus said, a man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes out of Motherwell. And so, as the Bible speaks about, that is why the teachings is important. That you know that my peace is not that I just feel this peace. One day, God laid me, God laid me, I said, He said, Peace in an environment does not mean absence of war. There are times when an environment looks peaceful, but the war raging in that environment. The problem is that when the war eventually breaks out, it is too late. Because you have relaxed, because as far as you are concerned, everything is peaceful. And that is one thing that I just want us to take from here. As we what I'm giving now, what we are sharing now. That's why I'm putting some practical ways of putting it in that particular because that is what you will be building your prayer. God is saying what we need for our prayers. So when I'm on the prayer altar and things are going wrong or things are... You cannot take my peace because the Bible says that I already have peace with God. So if I have peace with God, then it does not matter. somebody like Paul never understood that. How can you kill somebody in a church and Paul was still their pastor? Paul killed Steve. It was always Steve. There were so many people that Paul killed in the church. Then Paul now became, Paul still became their pastor afterwards. It is because he has the peace inside of him. God help us in Jesus' name. Let's go on please. Isaiah chapter Chapter 53, verse 5. When, when verse 5, he says, he was by his wounds we are healed. So Jesus was wounded that I may be healed. Jesus was wounded that I may be healed. Thank God, God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we as we go on, I'm just leaving us with these points as we read them. Matthew, Jesus was wounded on one side, on my own side, I received. I was praying recently I said, no, the devil, see he's already he has already been beaten. That is the problem. If he hasn't been beaten, then you can beat him with sickness. If not, he hasn't beaten it. Now, the Bible says in Matthew chapter eight, the Bible says, the evening came and many were who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove them out by the spirit. Uh, uh, he drove out the spirits with the word and hid all the sick. This was to fulfill true prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, He took our infirmities and bore our sickness. For he took our infirmities and bore our, our sicknesses. Amen. Please, I want you to note this scripture that we have is the same thing that we read in Isaiah. It took our families, And let's go back to Isaiah, please, before we go to 1 Peter. Let's go back to Isaiah 53, verse 5. So, the point of subject The Bible says, by his wounds we are healed. Do we get, let's just take that note. By his wound we are healed. Now, see, after Jesus died. During the life of Jesus, this, this same scripture is just written in a different way, but the same scripture is what he read. Do you get what I'm saying? Say? Now, see, after Jesus died, see how Peter, when Peter will speak that same scripture. First Peter, please. First Peter, chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins on his body on the cross so that our sin so that we may die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds we have been healed what is the difference one is a prophecy Peter is saying it has been accomplished That's the way Peter was speaking. Peter said, we have been healed. We have been healed. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 10, Isaiah chapter 5 verse, um, let's just read, read, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 10, Bible says, or let's go to verse 6. Bible says that we are all like a sheep who go gone as to each one of us turned to our own ways. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all. And the Bible says, yet in verse 10, yet the Lord will, will to crush him and cost him to suffer. Though, though the Lord makes makes his life an offering for sin. He will see his offspring prolong his days, and the Lord will prosper in his la- in his land, and 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 and, and the will sorry, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his land. Now let us just quickly see what they called Jesus when John was talking about it. John chapter one verse twenty nine. He said the Bible says The next day, John saw him coming towards him, and said, "Look at the Lamb of God." who takes away the sin of the world. This is what Jesus was describing himself as. Jesus said that, using the same word again, Jesus said in Mark chapter 10 verse 45, he said, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as ransom for many. So what does that mean? Is that is that the righteousness, the righteous Jesus took my sin that I may partake in his righteousness? Jesus took my sins that I may partake in his righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says that the Lord who made who made he, who, the, the, the Lord made him who had no sin. To be seen for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We might become the righteousness of God. We can go on and on about different aspects of scriptures. I just I tell this aspect. aspect of scriptures as we begin to lay emphasis on what Christ did and what I got in return. The Bible says that, the, the, let's just take two more aspects of it, just call, uh, um, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 to 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, for it is written. Cause is everyone who is hung on the pole. That was why Jesus had how to die on the cross. He redeemed us in order that the blessings to given to Abraham may come on the Gentiles through Christ, Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. Have you been, have I been having rejection in my life and all sort of things going on? Jesus suffered rejection. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 3. Jesus suffered rejection. Jesus suffered rejection. But the Bible says that God has brought us into the family of God. God has brought us into the family of God. God has brought us into the family of God. God God. As we just read, Let's just go to um, Ephesians chapter 1 as we read on. It says, Even though He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ Jesus to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family. So Jesus was rejected when he shouted um when he shouted um Eli Eli basically God rejected him so that I and you can be adopted into the Son into the family. Jesus was was pushed out so that I can be adopted into the family. So why do I not why can I not keep feeling rejected? Because the Bible says, Jesus has been rejected by God so that I can be adopted into God's family. I can be adopted in God's family. God help us in Jesus' name. See, in the gospel, we can preach more and more on this. But I think it is, it is as we as we go on, and as we just you know over the next few weeks, but I want to not leave you with these two scriptures as we pray. Hebrews chapter nine, verse fourteen to twenty. I love how this keep your stance. Just think how much more the blood of Jesus will purify your conscience from sinful deed so that you can worship God. So that you can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself a perfect (laughs) sacrifice for our sins that that is why we ha- that is why he is one mediator he is is the one who mediates the new covenant between god and his people basically god is jesus was saying you know i am the one responsible i am the one i'm the one carrying this covenant he said so, he said so that we can so so that we all so that so that so that so that all who who are called can receive eternal inheritance, God has promised for them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sin they had committed under the first covenant. Now, as we go on, I'm, I'm going on with, with uh, somewhere. Let's go to um, so. By the first covenant, so the, the Bible says, Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sin that they had committed under the first covenant. Verse sixteen says, when somebody leaves a will, and that's what we're doing, when somebody leaves a will, it is necessary. It is necessary to prove that that person that made the will died. So all the promises that God has made, you need only one proof to know if all that we have been explaining can be realized. The Bible says it is only required that that person dies. The the will goes into effect only after the the person's death. While the person who made the will is still alive, the, the will cannot be put into effect. That is why, even in the first covenant, was put into effect by the blood of animals. For for after Moses had read each commandment to all the people, he took the blood of cows and goats along with water and sprinkled it on the on the on the book of the law of God's people. Basically, what what the Bible is says is that even after they've read the law to them saying you know, God says that the Bible says that um by his stripes you are healed. The Bible says that God and Jesus did this so that you can be. You can be all you read in the book of Isaiah that we read. The Bible says, Except the blood of Jesus is dropped, that promise never came to effect. So the day that have you watched all those Nedia films when they're when they are distributing wheel. <laughs> you know, that is how Christians should be when they comes. say, Esther, he died. We have the death certificates. Devil, we, this will is now in effect. This will is now in effect. The last scripture I going to leave with us is this: Hebrews chapter ten. And I hope that we will God will explain this even to us even far more. He says. Chapter 10. Yeah, it's the same hallelujah, amen. He says again, just think how much worse, how much, how much worse the punishment for those who have trampled on the Son of God and treated the blood of the covenant, of the covenant. Which made us holy as if it is just something common and unholy. They have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God mercy to us. These were not unbelievers we're talking about. We're talking about Christians who have who have dubbed a read prior and previous scriptures, previous verses, sorry. You, what the Bible is saying is that, the question is this, are you treating the death of Christ as come? Do you just think that it is just an event in scripture? He said, he said, they don't understand they are treating the blood of the covenant as something that is common and unholy. When I realize what the death of Christ means, one, those whatever the devil is doing to take away those benefits from me, I will stand to fight. Why? Because it is, it is not cheap. Salvation is cheap, but it costs somebody. And that is what I want to leave with us. That question. Are you treating... I'm not saying that you believe that Jesus died for you. These people believed. They believed it was an event. But they treated it as common. It doesn't guide their decisions. In fact, the challenge that the body of Christ has so much shifted away from it. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you go to somebody's house, he said, if you go out and preach, Jesus said, if you go to somebody's house, and you preach the gospel to them, and they receive it. What Jesus said? He said, sit down there, heat and sleep. But what we do today? No, I'm just getting to know them. I can't eat there. I can't drink there. You know, it is not, it is because no, I, I there are some people that I'm more comfortable with. It. The Bible says, no, the, what did you Jesus did not say Check their character. He didn't say anything. He said, if they just say yes, we believe scripture. What did he say? Sleep there. That's what Jesus said. But we have advanced it. Ah no, my spirit is not saying that. Which? <laughs> Scripture. Jesus said, no, other Christians sleep there. Can I tell you thing? The church is not ready for persecution yet. If the persecution comes upon the body of Christ now, I in the West, the way it is, it will disappear in, in, in time. Because what brings us together is not the death of Christ situation. What I'm saying that is that in those days, let me give an example of the early Church. There were people in the church that could not get jobs because, in the Roman towns because the scripture that answers, if he was even there, it was because people could not get jobs because they were Christians. And those who had farms would sell what they got and bring this so that everybody can have something. That was what was happening. The church was under persecution. But they realized that what brought them together is the blood. That was why. It wasn't that because people were poor because they didn't want to walk. There was literally no work to do. If we don't, if we, that's why I said, the part, you see, what, what made them sustain persecution? is totally different from what we are thinking about now. In those days, if a Christian died, nobody dared bury them. In the Roman times, you know I mean? nobody dared bury them. So the church had to bury the Christians. Because they were they were cost people. In the Roman, Roman days before what this guy came, came um Of course, it's That he, he he brought the the church into into in, into. Uh, that's why he had the Catholic Church and things. That's when they began to receive the church into the Roman fold. But before, do you know that at a time, the highest rate, age rate of and. The average expected lifespan of a Christian was probably maximum, on the average, about three years or four years after they give their life to Christ. So, all they had, see, it is not prayer that holds you in persecution. If you read scripture, it is the blood. Once the cross is at the center. And we all grasp on the cross together. No matter what happens down the line. That is why you cannot see who is rich or who is poor. That is why there is no special seat in the heavy church for somebody versus another. Why? Because what brought us together? I'm not saying, I'm not against those who do it. But that is why when you see the apostles address themselves, they will call themselves Brother Paul, who is an apostle. They will not say Apostle Paul. Because what they're finding the most was the brotherhood that the cross was. Paul killed people Aeneas was the one that God called to and opened just Paul's face. When God spoke to Aeneas, what Aeneas, do? the man that you know killed almost a lot of members of the church. And when, and when God killed Aeneas, see, this boy has become your brother. The Bible says when uh, Anais saw Paul, go and read that scripture in Acts, he says, Brother Paul. That's what Aeneas called Brother Saul. Say Saul, the boy of Paul. Brother Saul. That's what he called. Because immediately he gave his life to Christ. That is it. But now, as somebody who rubbed the ground gave his life to Christ now. And because he's just coming from prison. I say, who would take the person home for a night? He <laughs> would. don't you let's try your thing. <laughs> that is what the Bible means when He says, "See." That is what the Bible means when Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, "Commit your life to this. Let it determine your, whether you save or you die." In those days, it wasn't a question of you know, like I said, Christians' expectation years was about three years after, uh, on the average. So it wasn't a question of you know, uh, I believe in God. I must, I must, I must prosper. That was not. These are new generation times. This is a new generation. That's why, you saw, um, um, that's why you saw the Holy Spirit visit the church when Ananias and Sapphira sold the land and they kept part of that land for themselves. The Holy Spirit, now, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to do anything. You stop that yourself. Lord, help us. If you don't have to I'm sorry. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us have some peace.